0: I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty and Farrell. I have the best time ever. Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man, yeah. we need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question.
1: Any other ideas? <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prel, they should tell two friends and they can tell two friends and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the other star of the show because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day, and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage or right, our own page yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of... Tommy Rich, I want a picture or whatever. And boy, that's we on his. give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock too. Join. Hey, everyone. Chris Centennial, Sports Talk 101. Today I'm at the country club of Big Ron Shaw. And the question we're asking today is, should Monty apologize to Ron? So what's your thought? Should Monty from the Monty and Ferro Show apologize to Big Ron Shaw? Absolutely, I, I don't believe that uh, Monty should have said what he said and I definitely believe he should uh, apologize to Ron Shaw for what he had said. Sir what do you think? Should Monty apologize to Ron Shaw? Monty apologized to Shaw, hell yeah, and he's the champion, hall of famer, of course. Sir, do you have an opinion? Should yeah, he apologize? Most, most definitely. When you have a Hall of Famer and you want to insult him, that's a bunch of bullcrap. He should be apologizing to him. Thank you. Okay. Sir, do you have an opinion on Ron Charles? Should he want to apologize to him? Yeah, I don't even like Ron Charles. Hey, hey, who the hell are you? You talk to me like your that. own business, hey, man? Like you like get drunk you? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Monty the people have spoken step up to the plate and deliver me the apology that I so rightfully deserve I told you you're a punk and I'm gonna tell you our pants are gonna cross again Monty in six short days I'll be on the Dan and Benny in the ring show to announce some huge news that's gonna shock a lot of people maybe including you so what you need to do is get to your doctor and get the wax cleaned out of your ears and then get the wax cleaned out between your ears because you're going to want to hear and understand exactly what I got to say. And Pharaoh, I suggest you talk some sense into your pal to make sure I get the apology that I deserve.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of the After Show, found here only on the Monty and the Pharaoh channels. What's going on, everybody? How's your week going? Mine's going awesome as usual. <laughs> what did you think of wrestling this week? I know, I know, I said I was going to avoid it, but I but I didn't, and uh, I got some thoughts on Raw, and I'll get to them in a in a second. First of all, I got to thank Monty and the Pharaoh for letting me have this show on their ch- on their network. And speaking of Monty and the Pharaoh, you can find them every Thursday at 9 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch live, and also streaming on the Intuitive app. So if you want to listen to the audio version of their show, you can find it on virtually every streaming service. And you know what? Wherever you can find their audio, you can probably find ESO and the After Show. Just look them up under the Money and the Pharaoh channel. So like I said, uh, last week I said I was going to... Uh, do a book review of the book ringmaster the unmaking of america of vince mcmahon the unmaking of america i gotta tell you i'm getting through the book but i'm struggling it's really not a it's a political book so far that's really all it is and it's looking for reasons to bash vince mcmahon in a in a very biased way so far the first chapter wasn't bad, but after that, it, it got it's gotten a little worse. I'm not really a big fan of the guy's writing style—the way he'll just jump from one era to the next, then back to that era just to try and prove a point, like almost like time traveling. Um, it, it, it's it, he leads you. That's that's the way I'll put it. Well, but so I, I really I haven't really gotten through the whole thing. But I did happen to catch Raw. I know I said I wasn't going to watch wrestling until after the draft, but I heard Triple H was going to have this big announcement and figured, what the hell? Let me watch it. My pool league's over for this the uh, the summer, so I had this week off. You know, I had the time. Figure what? Why not? <laughs> what did I have to lose? <laughs> well, I got to say, you can really tell that uh, Vince is back in writing because it was horrible. It was just what he wanted to see, not what the fans wanted to see. And no, Vince, you don't always know what the fans want. What did Shelton Bendrick and and, and Cedric have to do with anything? Those guys have been off of TV forever. I don't even remember the last time I saw them. Why would you put them on? And especially at the expense of some of the hot women out there, some of these women really are, these up-and-coming women, we really need that that women's division is strong. Just give it the chance. Jeez. (laughs) So... After that 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 Shelton Benjamin, uh, Cedric, and uh, Street Profits match, you had that Triple H announcement. How stupid was that? So we can't figure an angle to get one belt off of Roman Reigns, so we're going to just create another title out of the blue. What the hell? That's absolutely stupid. I got a great one. How about this? Why not? At Backlash, you had Cody fight Roman again. And maybe they go to a time limit draw at like 45 minutes or something like that. Let them tear down the house. And then Roman looked down at both titles, pick one up, walk over to Cody, and hand him that WWE title that he's always sought after and shake his hand because he wasn't able to beat beat him in the time limit. Or, you know, maybe some silly stipulation match, something. You could have figured a way to get one of those belts off of Roman without him looking weak. But no, now you have everybody else in the world looking weak compared to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the king, and that, cha- that world championship that you just announced is going to come across weak compared to that other title that Romans has. That was why. Wow, this, this booking makes no sense. And I heard that was Triple H's idea. Well, Triple H, you suck at booking right now, too. Why are they shoving Bronson Reed down our throat? Theory is a man of the future. He is definitely main event superstar. Bronson Reed, I don't want to watch you on TV. Go back to NXT. They don't listen to the fans. The fans were on their uh, sitting on their hands. They weren't even reacting during that during that interaction. No one cared. Let's see, Chad Gable and Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali had no business going over Chad Gable whatsoever. Mustafa Ali is a jobber. He it belongs on that Saturday show that nobody watches or down in NXT as a jobber down there. He does not belong in on Raw, period. Especially going over an Olympic athlete like Chad Gable. Duh, that was stupid. And let, let's not even talk about almost in that, Seth. I, I don't want to talk about that. that. What is going on? What were they thinking this week? Then they had Priest and Mysterio. Okay, it was a good match. I like both competitors. I didn't really see what the point of it was, and really, really am not looking forward to a no-holds-barred match between Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. (laughs) What the hell? Why? Why would I want a no-holds-barred match between those two? That makes no sense, no interest. Bathroom break, <laughs> definitely bathroom break. So, let's see. Well, I want to want to talk a little bit about this May fifth Cinco de Mayo next week, next Friday. Did you see the lineup? Monty and the Pharaoh have coming into the studio. We've got Val Venus, we've got Marty Janetti, Eugene, Tony Atlas, uh, Tommy Wildfire, Rich, and Manny Fernandez. Check that out. I'm personally going to try and get down to the studio to hang out with those guys. I would love to be some of those guys. Those, those are, those guys were huge when I was a kid. I Tommy Wildfire Rich, that guy is still a ball of fire. <clears throat> Tony Ellis, you know, the artist extraordinaire. <laughs> Marty Gennady, you know, he's self-explanatory there. Eugene, come on. He was, you couldn't get away with that Eugene character nowadays. And Val Venus, well, you know what his name rhymes with. <laughs> so I don't think I should bring a, a, a girl down with me because uh, <laughs> Val might be hitting on her. <laughs> so anyway, so listen, so what do I? What else do I got coming up today? I got the uh, June or let's see. No, this is July 1988 magazine of the WWE uh, WWF magazine. I'm going to review in the na- next segment. And then in the final segment, I've got the program from the 1988 WrestleMania 4. Yeah, that was cool. It's actually one I got when I was a kid, and I got a little story to go along with it. So, why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back with reviewing the WWF magazine. The Monty and the Farrow Show is
0: brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude. Good fucking wine. Yeah. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well... For all those needs, you need to call Big V, Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York,
1: 631-900-DUMP. And welcome back to the after show. Hey, everybody. It's one of my favorite parts of the show, and this is when I get to go over a magazine of the past and relive some history. This week, we're going to go over WWF Magazine from June 1988. Featuring Randy Macho Man Savage, Macho Madness takes it all. The results of WrestleMania 4, and I have good reason to choose this, as I had found earlier this week, a WrestleMania 4 promo from that day that I went to. And I'm going to show you that in a little bit. But first, let's go over this magazine. All right. Well, of course, you open it up and they've got an advertisement for WrestleMania 4, but ironically the macho man who won the title at the end of it is nowhere to be seen in the advertisement it's hulk hogan and andre the giant the last match was ted dibiase against randy savage why is that not on the cover of the of wrestlemania 4 uh well you know what whatever (laughs) this is actually the advertisement for the day of but it was only two dollars and 25 cents wow mine was five dollars on the day of huh so you could buy this afterwards for two twenty five, but on the day of it was five dollars. <laughs> All right, this we go through the table of contents, then we go into around the ring where they talk about WrestleMania four and what had happened, and they talk about Trump Tower, ta- uh, yeah, Trump Towers where it took place in Atlantic City and how spectacular it was, and of course now here's another advertisement for WrestleMania four, and ironically, who's missing again? The macho man. First uh, article is fan forum. What they did this month is go through crap. It really, there's really absolutely nothing of interest there. If you'd like to pause and read it yourself, feel free. Then you have the advertisement for the fan club that I wish I would have joined when I was a kid. Getting those free autographs would have been really cool. And to have them now would have been even better. The first article of Substance is about Greg the Hammer Valentine. It actually gets into a little bit of his history, him being a second-generation wrestler, him having had held the Intercontinental title, the tag team title, and this is about when he started to be managed by Jimmy Hart before he became part of Rhythm and Blues. I believe this is when he started doing the thing with the shin guard where he would turn it around in, with a figure four. I, that was around this era. Next article is Newsbreakers, and this is uh, the breaking news of this month is Rick Rude was slapped when he tried to pull a woman out of the audience to kiss him, and she slapped him because it was Jake the Snake's wife, and this set up one of the feuds of the year of 1988, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, culminating in Jake the Snake getting his pants ripped off in what I've come to find out was Providence, Rhode Island Civic Center. Uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's where you he said that had happened next article one of my favorite wrestlers of this era was bad news Allen, or bad news brown as he became known in the wwe he just had this style and this grunt to him uh there this grit to him he was he was really this badass man he was so so cool and they had he was from supposedly from harlem new york so he was a new yorker i was I, i'm gonna always root for new yorkers <laughs> so I, lo- I love bad news bad news allen bad news brown every week you know i i have to sh- give a shout out about these ice cream bars they were awesome this is just another version of the advertisement this was pretty cool they used this one for a couple of years at, too <laughs> so this is one of the funny parts of the this issue they had an interview where they talked to the Hart Foundation. Ironically, the Hart Foundation were heels in this interview, but by the time this issue had come out, Bret Hart had started to turn face because Bad News Brown turned on him after the 20-man battle royal where he kicked him in the back of the head and smashed the trophy and threw him out of the ring. So it's kind of funny because they they start talking bad about the Rougeau brothers and the British Bulldogs, and guess what? Then they're on the same side as them. <laughs> in the next issue so just kind of funny how that how that happens next article gets into one of the saturday night's main events pre-wrestlemania where uh hulk hogan saved uh randy macho man savage so it, the title of the article is battle of the titans the only way randy savage can repay the only way randy savage can repay hulk hogan hulk hogan re-saves uh, savage for a second time basically it's a double team triple team whatever andre gets comes to get into the ring and hulk hogan comes out and makes the save of the day leading up to wrestlemania 4 where we know how that tournament ended up and we'll talk about that in in a few more minutes and after the next break but in the meantime we have the next article it's nowhere to run nowhere to hide it's cage matches push wrestlers to the limits. Of course, they've got the ironic picture, uh, ironic, iconic picture of Hulk Hogan in this blue steel cage uh, that was taken leading up to his main event, WrestleMania 2 match with King Kong Bunny. And what a what a match that was, and how how exciting that was. And then it shows some other cage matches there. We have Strike Force against the Islanders. We have Randy Savage against Ricky Steamboat. And then we even have Brutus Beefcake saying that, you know what, I've got the best finishing maneuver for a steel cage match because I just put my opponents to sleep and then I strut out of the ring to win the match. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Next, next, we have a WWF Magazine investigative report, Dave Hebner's shadow. So the matches that led up, or the circumstance that led up to Andre the Giant relinquishing or relinquishing the belt to Ted DiBiase was that referee turn where Earl Hebner and Earl Hebner and Dave Hebner came out. And this article is about how Earl Hebner has always kind of been a thorn in Dave Hebner's side. It's just kind of kind of funny how that how that goes. Next part, of course, is one of my favorite sections of of the magazine, and that's the merch catalog. Somebody's asked me to show some of the other pages of the merch catalog, so I decided I will show it. It is, it's a little bit dry. We have a couple of Andre the Giant shirts. We have Hulk Hogan shirts. We have WWF cross pens, a duffel bag, a sweater, really nothing of any excitement. I bet this stuff is sitting in a warehouse with the exception of the Andre and the Hulk stuff. I bet a lot of this is sitting in the warehouse. I can't imagine many people buying WWF cross pens. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's going to be a major seller. Of course, the next part is the T-shirts. Those are the part, the ones that I love. And you know, I'm always going to call out the classic Macho Man. You had the Strike Force. You had Animal Lover for George Steele. These shirts were awesome. I, I really wish they would uh, maybe bring back a classic line. I know the Macho Man's available, but outside of that, a lot of the other ones it would be it would be fun to get our, hit my hands on again. Maybe I could recreate them if they're not available. Of course, the thick of the magazine is WrestleMania Four. Randy Savage takes the world title as he outlasts Ted DiBiase. What a tournament it was. I'm going to talk about that in the next segment, but let's just show a couple of quick pages of of pictures of the actual event as it went on. What a night it was. It was my first WrestleMania that I got to see live. I got to see it in closed circuit because pay-per-view really wasn't that prevalent up until the following year where I got – i got to see it at home but this was one of the local schools one of the big local schools showed it on a big screen and we got to go there and i actually bought a souvenir program that i'm going to go over in the next section show you pictures of and what what a time it was wrestlemania wrestlemania for my first live wrestlemania <laughs> can't wait to talk about that a little bit next article we get into andre the giant going wild so, what happened was Andre the Giant was beating up a, on this jobber, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan came out to save the day. And he gets beat up by Andre. And if, just as he's about to get choked out, he hits Andre with, in the head with a two by four, and Andre gets knocked out. And uh, Duggan puts the two by four up, oh, and savior of the day, and walks out of the ring. Andre tended to by medics, and that's about the end of it. In the wrap up this month, what they had, what started talking about was they talked about King Kong Bundy and some of the roles that he had been playing in, uh, in Hollywood, which included, uh, let's see, he was on the, the, uh, married with children as one of, (laughs) one of the, one of the relatives. And he was also in the Richard Pryor movie moving. So that was pretty cool. King Kong Bundy was, was definitely, uh, a, a fun wrestler to watch and, Next they talk about Wrestlemania 4 and the, the press conference and how the press had the opportunity to meet 80 plus of the, of the wrestlers and uh, celebrities that were involved in, in Wrestlemania. So that that's pretty cool. Next we had wrestlers rebuttal. Dino Bravo is a fraud by Ken Patera. So let's see what had happened was Jesse Dino Bravo was about to set the world bench press record at 700 in 12 pounds, but he couldn't quite push it up. So Jesse Ventura gave him a hand and lifted it up. And of course they claimed, Oh no, he didn't. He, I didn't really help him. Uh, finish, uh, he broke the record. He didn't break the record. So this was just Ken Butera calling him a fraud. And then rebuttals from Rick Martell agreeing or dis- Rick Martell agreeing. How do you disagreeing ultimate warrior agreeing? or disagreeing, and Hercules agreeing that Dino had broken the record. It was kind of a cheesy article. You can take a look at it yourself. The crossword, as always, is pretty cool. And then, it, oh, as always, it ended with a uh, caught in the act this month. It had Jake the Snake holding Damien, and he has a watch around Damien's neck because at this time they were promoting the WWF watches. There was a Coco Beware one that I remember, a Jake the Snake one. So... Definitely, definitely uh, a different time. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to go over the program and the matches from that WrestleMania that was featured earlier in this magazine, because I have the actual program here with me. I bought it, and I'll tell a little bit about that story in a few minutes, but uh, we'll be right back after this.